that's another 7 days gone by since the last podcast which means it must be this week's podcast. Hello, my name's Alison. Hi, my name's John Wood, and I'm broadcasting from an iron board in my bedroom. You know, I went out for a meal this week. That was exciting. Oh, my wait. God, that was exciting. But across from me at the table were four young girls, and it was nice to see the youngsters out enjoying themselves. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, there's a generation gap here because each one of them had their phones out, and mm. each one of them in turn, would drop out of the conversation for five minutes and then drop back in, and then someone else would drop out, and then they would drop back in, and then he took a photograph, and then was in much hilarity adding noses, ears, and funny faces, and wings, and eyes. I thought, I've, I've, I've lost the plot here. I just don't know what the hell's going on. No, I suppose at our age we don't need to add noses and ears and chins, because no. well, I've certainly got more chins than I used to, and my face has changed shape without <laughs> the benefit of any CGI. But no, I do know what you mean, that the art of conversation is something that we should hold Close and hold dear. You're in tune with What's the Chat podcast with Alison Craig and John Wood. We mentioned that uh, I got a nice little package, uh, which was from uh, the Isle of Lewis, from um, our friend Paddy, mm-hmm. Paddy up there, who mm-hmm. has uh, a shop up there. He used to be the manager of a Voca here. Paddy Fury is his name. And is he any relation to the boxers? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, you, I have, don't know. you have no, deep no, conversations with them then? Yeah, I do. And uh, he gave us some black pudding, white pudding and fruit pudding and uh, eventually met you and gave yes, you some. So have you tried it? Well, it was it was lovely. It was a nice surprise, I have to say. And uh, as I was uh, driving around a bit, obviously you handed it to me when I was in the car. Uh-huh. And still in the car. Still in the car. <laughs> still in the car. <laughs> In until you mentioned it, until you mentioned, it, I put it Memory in the little of a sieve. Basically, I'm so so sorry, Paddy. I'm so sorry, and John. I'm, so I'm sorry. sure it'll be all right. Well, do you know sure what? Okay. What it's been in what? there for about a week. Oh really? No, oh, no. no. It would be it would no. be a smelly nelly situation, and I think okay. we'll have to. Do you uh-huh. know what we should do? We should go to the Isle of Lewis and get another one. I know, a road I know, trip. Definitely get another one. I'm so sorry because I know that it was it's your pride and black pudding joy. Whoa, black pudding, bam, bam, And I'm so sorry that it's stinking in my car. And I'm actually so sorry for my car as well. Lovely. I was out for a meal again this week, um, strangely. Went down to the fish and chip shop. You, you start gently with these things, don't you? You don't want yeah, to rush yeah. out naked through the body yeah. of a hotel. Anyway, I ordered, uh, the girl said, uh, would you want a pickled egg? And I went, do you know what? I have taken the mickey out of pickled eggs for many a year, but I've never actually had one. So I went... Ooh. Put a pickled egg as well. So it is, without a doubt, and I think, and I've eaten a lot of horrendous things in my life, the most revolting thing I have ever wrapped my jaws around. Yeah. Absolutely rubbery. Disgusting. They used to have jars of them in pubs, I remember. They all too stinking. They helped people out when you wanted them to get out. Well, it's just stinking. I mean, just minging, you know? Absolutely. They should just call them minging eggs. They're absolutely horrendous. I don't know who invented them. Probably as a joke. And then, you know, it was like the emperor's new clothes. It was like, oh, haven't you had a pickled egg? I had a fish supper as well this week, actually. I was astounded that they're charging 50 pence for a pickled onion. For a pickled onion? Put an onion in it all, 50p? 50p? I think that's an outrage, so I do. It was lovely. I mind the night I clog my lassie. She stood right big and proud and sassy. I started chatting, we had a swaggle. I think that night she'd be my bag. I got her eye, I got her foot. And I stir if she'd like a poke. A poke of chips. Oh, I said, hey. I'm right over and sits to me. <laughs>
Yes, it is the zoo crew, a lot older and none the wiser. Just a little bit of the past. <laughs> yes, and it should remain firmly in the past. <laughs> Just a bit of fun oh. with the Ingans and the knob. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe we have to do a pickled egg refrain, though, after my hideous experience of things. <laughs> Christ. I don't Why know how not? you managed to do that. I couldn't eat them. I'd physically be sick. No, no, no. Actually, could I couldn't. It. I mean, the, the texture of them, they're like ping pong balls. Yeah, no, not no, 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 it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. Not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. Back to pork, 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 pork. pork. Well, we've had some great emails this week from uh, listeners, which is lovely. Um, This one will make you laugh because it came from a lady um, who used to run the UGC cinema out at uh, New Craig Hall. And when that first opened up many a year ago, uh, you and I both were um, on radio regularly. Well, in fact, I'll read it to you. It's it's actually... She said, I was the manager at the UGC cinema at Fort Caneard. You used to come to the press shows and there were always a lot of you, including Grant, John, Jay and all the others. I remember my boss commenting on how the phone never stopped ringing with the radio staff phoning me once it got out that I was issuing free passes and tickets (laughs) for all the radio station staff. She said, I never knew there were so many. Anyway, it was really nice to hear from her. Her name is Evelyn McGow and uh, well, thank you. For all those free passes, yeah. all those years ago, Evelyn, and uh, any chance of a little pass now? It costs about an arm and a leg to get into the cinema. Well, when they reopen, well, are they? Re-open? I remember the premiere they had out there. It was for Back to the Future Three, Ooh. and and we had Mary Steenburgen came into the studio and we interviewed Derek did her. Did her hair? She was lovely, very oh, classy girl. She's married to Ted Danson, isn't she? Is she uh, actually married to him in real life? In real life, in real life. Also, was she not the woman in Three Men and a Baby? Was it she not yes, the one that had right. the baby? I think she was. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah, that's where yeah. they met. Is very nice. Ted Danson, now completely bald, occasionally wears a wig when he's acting. But a very he good likes wig. wigs, apparently. He's he's Does right he? into his wigs. Yeah. yeah you, what, you and Ted? Not me, not me. I would just look like a dead squirrel on top of my head. It's terrible. <laughs> you point don't. <laughs> terrible. Don't be anyway. so rude about yourself. That's not. Anyway, I have been binge watching. I have been oh. binge watching, and I would recommend on BBC iPlayer the Pact. I won't give uh-huh. the plot all the way, but it's set in Wales and it involves a murder in a brewery. And also Leonardo with Aidan Turner, who's uh, Mr. Poldark. So there's a bit of uh, eye candy there. And it's oh, all about yes. Leonardo da Vinci, which is absolutely fascinating. And it's set in Florence and it's absolutely beautifully done. And I didn't realise like Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci were actually friends. They were obviously in competition with each other, but uh, they were about the same era. So that was quite interesting. So that's two I'd recommend. Uh, well, I've been watching Halston with uh, Ewan McGregor. Halston being one oh. of the best known designers in um, <laughs> in the States in the 70s and 80s. And it uh, really is very interesting. I mean, he was a great pal of uh, Liza Minnelli and there's a lot of... Um, rivalry between him and Calvin Klein and all the big designers. But I think it's the fact that Ewan McGregor now is appearing in miniseries, not necessarily big, you know, blockbusters in the traditional mm-hmm. sense of the word. I mean, obviously, as we were talking about, the cinemas have been shut for a year. But uh, but no, he, he plays the part very well. And he, Halston was a gay man. So there's quite a bit of, you know, rumpy pumpy in it. And I just, I was sitting watching the first episode of my own and Dave, my husband, just walked past and he went... There's a lot 
of gay rumpy pumpy on the television <laughs> these days, isn't there? And then walk past and put the kettle on, and I sort of went, yeah, well, you know. But so it's it's an excellent uh, series, if especially if you remember that era, you know, because there's a lot of Studio Fifty Four disco, flashy, dashy stuff. So, but yes, yeah, it's it's, e- it's an easy watch, but it's it's yeah, I would I would recommend that definitely. I didn't know this. This is just an interesting fact, apropos of absolutely nothing. But you remember the original Captain Kirk? Yes. Um, what was his name? William... William Shatner. Oh, that's him, yeah. Uh, did you know that he used to go out with the singer from Fleetwood Mac? No. Stevie Nicks, he did. Really? Apparently he did. Yeah, yeah. He actually even proposed to her. Apparently they were really they went out for ages, um, but she didn't she didn't say uh, she didn't say yes because she didn't want to be known as Stevie Shatner Nix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hook line sinker with that one! Then. Oh, thank you very much. If I had one of those little drum roll things, I'd I'd probably hit it about now. Oh, very. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> very good. I am 10. Yes, I yes, yes. am 10. I used to love Star Trek. It was just absolutely brilliant. And uh, Scotty, as we mentioned before, and, you know, I'm a doctor, Jim, not a brain surgeon or whatever it was he used to say, <laughs> McCoy. He was, he I used was to great. watch it with my dad, the original Star Trek, and I used to think Captain Kirk was, was very old and, you know, quite stern and a, a man. And mm. then when I rejoined the party, I thought, oh, he's, he's quite cute, isn't he? And now he looks like a child. So yes, I've, I've yes. kind of, you know, been through all three stages of life with him. And, um, he, but he's, 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 there's something very warm and engaging about William Shatner. You know, he's, yeah. he's all, he takes the mickey out of himself, I think. That was my birthday and I got a, a membership for the Dean Bowling Club. Someone gave me a membership for the Bowling Club, right? Oh now, my A God. lot of people At are having the same stage. reaction as you are, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They've got the nice trestle tables out the back so you can have your mm-hmm. wee picnic and stuff like that. Uh-huh. £3.10 a pint of tenants and £10 a bottle of Prosecco. I thank you. What? I thank you. Yep. My God, it's cheaper than the off-licence. When are we going? <laughs> you get steaming on a tenner. Where are we going? That's amazing. So I wondered why all these people are, you know, half-seized over hanging around the grass. It's nothing to do with playing bowling, is it? It's just no. trying to stand upright after they've been at the bar for a while. We fancy a game as well, actually. We're going down for a Oh, lesson. don't go that far, John. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't, don't that. go that far. Then I'll probably start far. to learn how to smoke a pipe. I think that's the next thing I do. Lovely. Through your arse. Uh, yes. Because you've been speaking through it for many years. Well, you would know. (laughs) Imagine if you could speak through your arms. Why? What a a ventriloquist act that would be. (laughs) It's closing time. Get John in to do the act. Get them all out. Oh, God, I mean, how did we get from bowling clubs to coffee? I have no idea. Absolutely. (laughs) That was a jump. Do you know, I went to the opening of it. It got refurbed when I was about 10 years of age. And uh, they had a big fete, a garden fete, to open the Mm -hmm. Dean Bowling Club again. And there were two major celebrities that appeared to do the opening. Major. The Alexander Brothers. And I got the autograph on the back of a Kit Kat paper. Oh, you get a lot of autographs and Kit Kat paper. Yeah. And then you just lose them. You just lose them, yeah. Yeah. I've got an autograph of, I've got, listen to this. I've got Elizabeth Taylor's autograph. How did you get that? Well, and even double whammy, slam it, dunk it and shove it up your jing jong jang. It's on a Concord menu. 
How? Now, wait a minute. You, you, there was no way you were on Concord. Correct. There was no way. So, um, thanks very much for that, John. Um, no, my auntie <laughs> well, Lillian. That was Mars Uncle talking. Ian. Sorry about that. Ah, <laughs> uh, now you've got an out. <laughs> no, don't even no, go no, there. No, no, I'm don't not. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> My auntie Lily and Uncle Ian were travel agents, and in the old days, travel agents used to get taken on the most extraordinary trips, so they could then go home and say. Ah. You know, well, I could recommend this because I've done it myself. So uh, it was my uncle Ian was sent on um, on Concord. I think it was from London to New York. And he sat next to Elizabeth Taylor. So he was the wow. travel agent. She was a Hollywood superstar. And uh, he, so he just took out the menu and said, you know, would you mind signing this for me, please, Miss, Miss Taylor? And she signed it, Elizabeth Taylor Warner. Because uh, I just found it the other day, actually, and then I was watching the Antiques Roadshow, and they had some autographs on of the Beatles, and right. and I thought, I wonder if that might be worth a couple of bob, actually. It's not bad at all, actually. I, I got okay. refused an autograph. Ooh. I was down at the Roundhouse in London with my folks, and we were watching Rock Carmen. I even remember it, Rock Carmen, and sitting about two rows behind us with, was uh, Kathleen Hepburn, uh, Hollywood actress. And she looked lovely, she looked lovely. And I went, my dad says, go and get her organ. So I went back and she went, no, darling, thanks anyway. I'm, a, I'm an old dying duck now. I, do, I don't do that. And she was didn't sign it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt sorry. But uh, anyway, it was lovely meeting Was she, was she with Spencer Tracy? No, she wasn't. But they were. They had an affair for years, didn't they? And I'll they tell did. you another one who really cheesed me off, actually. It was an exhibition that was opening up off the Star Wars memorabilia, uh, things from the set, props, costumes, etc. And it was on at the Fruit Market Gallery. So they decided to invite someone from the movie to open mm-hmm. it. And they picked Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO. Mm-hmm. So we met him and interviewed him. And I says, uh, any chance, Anthony, if you could just maybe sign that and we'll, we'll give it away to someone. On No, no, I, I did do autographs. And he started to sort of shake speedy. I'm like, you're a bloody robot. <laughs> but no, he was having none of it. So that was Anthony oh. Daniels. Well, I got Lulu's autograph way back when I was about 12 or something. And uh, she was in Pantu up in Aberdeen. And I was just a wee girl, but my dad knew the guy that had the theatre. So after the performance, we went around the back to meet Lulu. And, you know, pushing this guy with a beard out of the way so that I could get to Lulu to get his her autograph. And it was one of the Bee Gees. Oh, she cool, was married cool. to a BG, Morris. of course, yeah, but you were Morris. ignoring him. It's like, BG out. Where's Lulu? We want Lulu. So, yeah, any other autographs you had? I bought oh, France Natras. I bought France Natras. You bought it? I bought it. Uh, From uh, an. Uh-huh. It was a reputable autograph company that we were doing a show with, actually. And uh-huh. uh, I, bought it. I bought it. Did you? So, can I ask how much it was? It was. I'm a mad Sinatra fan. I'm a total mad Sinatra fan. That's the sort of thing my husband, I say to him, how much was that? He goes, well, you see, uh, and he starts justifying it madly. John, I don't want to know how much it was, okay? 200, 200. One of our elderly relatives was going away on holiday and she says, you know what? I don't know what airline to date, but I fancy that German one, uh, the Luftwaffe. They're a good one. I quite fancy the Luftwaffe. I'm going to check out online the Luftwaffe for... Who do you think is going to be flying the plane? Goring or something? I think they're Lufthansa, darling. Oh, my God. Uh, we had some laughs. They fly. I mean, when you think about flying, right? Okay, now it's it's a kind of hermetically sealed bag you have to be in. And that was kind of before this this past year, really. But in the old days, the smokers used to sit up the back. Yeah. And right. you could, um, yeah, I mean, imagine smoking. I mean, basically, you're in a flying petrol tank 
having a fag. Good yeah, idea. Yeah. I used to be a smoker many years ago and I used to book a non-smoking seat and the minute the ding-dong, you can move around thing went off, I was right up the back because that's where the party was, inevitably. You know, all the, let's have a couple of drinks and what, some parties we had flying, even oh, if it was as far as Spain, Ibiza, America, wherever it was, it was an absolute dance-a-thon and uh, yeah, there was all sorts of friendships made on uh, 30,000 feet in the air. Not that kind before no, we start. No. Do you remember going to Jamaica and there was guys actually under the chair smoking joints on the plane? I know. I remember landing. I didn't land the plane, but it was a 747. It was a British Airways 747 yep, and sure. I landed in the cockpit with Graham Warman, who was our engineer. We actually were allowed to sit in the cockpit for landing. Oh, it was oh. absolutely extraordinary. It really was. It was an amazing experience. And when we landed, I remember uh, the guy saying, so what, how do you think we stopped the plane? I went, don't know, but can you do it now? And he just put his foot down. It was like, like a brake on a car. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, there we go. Stopped. 15 feet off the ground we were as well, once we'd stopped, because it was such a huge... Yeah. Talking about the plane, a friend of mine said, says, you're a drummer, aren't you? I says, yeah. He says, do you know who did the longest drum solo ever? I went, no, no. He says, it was a four-year-old boy at the back of me on a flight from London to Australia. <laughs> It was a solid 24 and a half hour drum solo oh on my, my God. back. Uh, I remember when we were flying back from uh, Florida, we'd been working out there, and uh, but the Dover booked the flight, so they w- they c- we couldn't come back in the same flight. Do you remember well, that? I remember, yeah. We had to you, book flights. You flew back to Manchester. I flew back to Glasgow, and uh, and I wasn't a happy flyer. I wanted to be sitting next to you, or at least somebody I somebody knew. You know, you know. yeah. Uh, anyway, I got sat next to this lady who was extremely chatty. She was lovely. So we ended up chatting away, having a couple of drinks this that and the next thing so she was saying oh, what are you doing in Florida I said I was working what about you and she went oh well the family have had a house out there for years it's lovely I retired when I was about 26 anyway she told me this long convoluted story and I thought she's got a few bob you're living the life of Riley tickety-boo anyway got back to Glasgow she went her way I went mine said bye that was the end of it about two months later I was up at Howie's in St Leonard Street and somebody came running in going traffic warden so we all ran out to you know stop the yeah. traffic warden giving us tickets and Dave as usual was trying a charm offensive you know it's like well you know we've just opened the restaurant we're trying to you know not die of starvation uh, please don't give us a ticket and she turned around and it was her no it was the woman I'd sat next to who was doing oh the ah yeah God. we've got a house in Florida we've got a house here we've got a house there oh, bloody a liar <laughs> absolute liar she looked at me and she went hello and I went hello and she went don't think I'll be giving you a ticket and I went nice to see you and off she went oh, she was mortified caught. Caught. caught well you always get caught if you're telling a big porky pie I think I remember James telling me he was on a flight to um, I don't know one of the Spanish uh, resorts Air Fortuna it was which no longer oh, exists yes I remember and this this might be why he said they'd sat everybody down they were just getting ready for takeoff and he turned around and there were the hostesses sitting at the back having a fag during takeoff <laughs> I really really like a Scotland eh <laughs> so yes health and safety as you say Brilliant. Get in touch with John and Alison on What's the Chat podcast at gmail.com. Sunshine on a rainy day, SPF 50, dancing around the garden. Sure. But I don't like gardening, decided. Don't, I like sitting in the garden, and I was accused today of watching David doing all the gardening, but it was a bit hot, so, right, you know, I like right. to see a man with a speed. Uh, many years ago, I did a gardening uh, programme, and I was sent all over the place to look at gardens. I, knew no- I still knew nothing about them. I did two series. I- completely over my head but uh, one of the gardens I went to visit was Fish Fish's garden not a fishy garden Fish from Marillion's garden in East Lothian and he had um, it was a lovely house studio orchard you know it was a beautiful spot 
but one of the cottages on the land uh, was was painted white and the RAF used that as their turning point from lookers. So if they were whizzing up and down, they would sort of go, you know, handbrake right. turn at Fish's house and then back up to Lucas for your fish and chips. So I remember use him actually. References like that. It was it was Christmas time and we all went to um, the basement and uh, they had a sort of karaoke and you and I you got up and sang. I remember you sang Rudolph Red those name reindeer. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, I always had a good yep. repertoire. And I think I, I can't remember what I sang. Something silly. Probably oh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And that. who was at the party or the gathering was Fish. And he got up and sang, and you just went, oh, my God, I feel such an arse. I wish I'd never <laughs> opened my mouth. What a voice that man had. Actually, he still lives down in East Lothian, actually. I don't know where he is. He's kind of got into acting as well for a while. Big, tall Scottish actor. And we did a, a parody in one of his songs. I don't know if you remember it. And he phoned us up when we were doing the show and went, that's great, boys. He, he gave us a, a gold disc because you and I had done this song. I can't remember what the song was now, but... Good. The first radio station that really interested me when I was lying in my bed when I was just about 12, I think, with the, with the duvet, if we had duvets in those days mm-hmm. over my head, was Fab 208, which was Radio Luxembourg. Oh, yeah, I remember listening to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was one of the first magazines that I had delivered, you know, once I grew out of Twinkle and uh, Diana and Jackie and TV comic. And what once did you get delivered? I was, well, was been on Dandy, obviously, but there was Scorcher, which was great. Ooh. My father used to buy me the magazine Treasure, which was like a sort of cheaper look and learn because he thought it'd be more intellectual for me. I just used to look at the pictures and colour them in. That's all I did. <laughs> uh, but you used to get free gifts with a lot of them. I remember when Scott, no, it was Sparky came out. The Sparky first edition came out and you got a thwacker. Do you remember what a thwacker was? A thwacker. I'm not sure I've ever had one of those, John. <laughs> it was basically two bits of cardboard in a triangular shape, and in the middle was like a brown paper bag, and it thwacked. No, no, I never had a thwacker, but I do remember um, one of my favourite comics when I was a kid was Whizzer and Chips. Oh, right, okay. That was just, I loved that. And uh, they always had an advert in it. You could get all your Bazooka Jew bubblegum wrappers. Oh, yes, yep. Collect them all and send them away for something extremely unimpressive that usually didn't arrive. But it certainly got you A, buying Wizarding Chips and B, constantly chewing Bazooka Jew bubblegum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you used to have a wee cartoon in it as well. A wee sort of strip cartoon. And and some of the gifts were things like uh, X ray glasses. You can see the bones through your hands. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Could do with a pair of those because, you know, what home is complete without a pair of X ray specs? Mm. They do a lovely pint in a chilled frosted glass of Menabria. Oh, Italian crispy lager. To die. Menabria. Yeah, Menabria. It does sound a sort of a menopause-related lager. Does it calm down the symptoms? No hot flushes if you have a pint of Menabria. Menabria. So after, after you get thrown at a Howie's, where yeah. do you go? Uh, well, they can't really throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the old days, we used to sit there just after they opened. You and me would go up there for Sunday oh, lunch yeah. and we'd just be there until they took the ball back, really. Dave oh, would be cooking in the kitchen. I know, I remember. And then well. he would come out and join us. Yeah. And uh, you had to bring your own booze because... In those days licensing meant that if you'd 
had to have a kind of unisex loo, if you like, one loo for both, it means you couldn't get a licence. So uh, when we opened, we opened with an absolute bang because we were right in the middle of the student. Well, with students all around us and uh, St Leonard's Police Station right opposite. So full of policemen and students. It was, there were happy days. There were happy and there, there were days, as you say, when it was BYO. So it started when we used to go up after the zoo on a Sunday. It mm-hmm. would start off and maybe, oh, we'll just take a nice bottle of wine and we'll share it. Cut to a month later, uh, two bottles of port, couple of bottles of wine and a six-pack. Let's make a day of it. <laughs> no, hold the food. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was some very funny days up there. Oh. Really. 31 years ago, that was. 31, really? yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I I don't even go there. Don't even go there. I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, well, I'll we'll be get, we'll get... 64 in about two oh, weeks' time. We have terrible... You know how you share birthdays with people and stuff like that? I shared, yeah. I shared it with Richard Attenborough, which is good. You know, oh, that's and, good. Yeah, and the old Jack Charlton. But unfortunately, my mother, who was born on the 20th of April, she shares it with Hitler. And Not I so share good. my birthday with Gary Glitter. And we have <laughs> issues in our family. Issues because no. of who we share birthdays with. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, it's I think you've got it. It's true. If you like the Queen, you should have two birthdays. Yes, you have your I official should. birthday. And yeah. then, because my grandma was born on the 13th of November, but she never celebrated it on the 13th because they were so superstitious in those days. Mm-hmm. But my son was born on the 13th of November as oh, well, wow. which is weird. But we do celebrate it because right. we are not right. superstitious, generally speaking. Well, yeah, my, my dad right. actually was, my dad's birthday was the 19th of April. So the day before Hitler's birthday. So right. Hitler would have been getting all the party stuff ready yes. you know, during my dad's yes. birthday <laughs> in preparation for his and your mother's birthday. Now, did I dream this? Did you get a golf lesson of Seve Ballesteros or did I dream that? No, yeah, I I did, yeah, when I was about... Wait, talk me through that. For God's sake, he's my hero. Well, when I was in um, America with my mum and dad on holiday, I wasn't supposed to be going. Something had happened. I think, I can't even remember what it was now. But anyway, last minute, I was hooked into the holiday. We went to North Carolina because it was a golf holiday because I've been, you know, bred by golfers, obviously. Um, but it wasn't until we arrived in North Carolina that my dad realised it was a dry state. So he was yes. in a state of horror about that. So instead of having two weeks in North Carolina, we had three days and then we flew to Florida. He changed the holiday completely. So we went to stay at this other golf resort called the Doral Country Club and it was in Orlando in Florida. And we went and uh, checked in there and that was fine. And Sevy was there on property, um, on property taking, giving lessons or whatever. So dad said, do you want a, do you want a lesson with Sevy on Ballesteros? And I went... Who's that? <laughs> but he was desperately Bloody handsome, so I went, yes, please. So I did have a, uh, yeah, I did have a golf lesson with him, actually, which was amazing. And uh, the other thing, which was even more amazing for me and my, I think, 16-year-old self or whatever it was, was mum and dad went off to, uh, and I know you'll go, Alison, I can't believe you didn't want to see that, but I was 16 and I didn't want to go to Cape Canaveral and see a freaking spaceship. Uh, I <gasps> wanted to lie by the pool. So I was lying by the pool and uh, this young guy came up to me, because I was young in those days, and said, what? you doing this afternoon? And I went, uh, nothing. Why? And he went, the Rolling Stones are playing at the Tangerine Bowl in Orlando. Do you want to come oh, with us? No. I was like, yes. So mum and dad were at Cape Canaveral. Their 16-year-old was in the back of a, uh, like a Scooby-Doo bus. <laughs> uh, went off to the Tangerine Bowl. Beer and uh, marijuana was generally available in the back of this van. Arrived, thought, you know, somebody's actually spiked my drink because all of a sudden I seem to be in front of the Rolling Stones. I am um, a tangerine. I am a tangerine. <laughs> Got home, was lying, you know, obviously we're in separate rooms. It's, mum and dad, you're coming out, you know, no, I'll, I'll be fine, I'll have a long lie. 
Uh, and by the time I met them at lunchtime, they were like, so what did you get up to yesterday? I went, not much. <laughs> <laughs> they never oh, knew what I went. They what never a knew story. I went, yeah. Get in touch with John and Alison on What's the Chat Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet them at What's the Chat Pod and please subscribe and rate us on your podcast provider. Whatever that means. Anyway, I just went died today, John. Um, I was walking with the dog and all of a sudden, beside a golf course, and all of a sudden I heard this guy shouting, Fire! And I looked around and there was a ball heading straight for me and I thought, this is it. I'm actually going to get whapped in the head by a golf oh, ball no. and it, the party will be over. Yeah, it was bloody scary, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is. Really? I mean, it can take, it, it can really damage you that. But anyway, I was with my pal, who's another Aberdonian, who, um, right, she said, I'm going to have a word with him. And I thought, oh no, there's going to be a contraton at the side. Anyway, I, I wondered what she was going to say to him, but she just went up to him and said, that's the hole over there. I think you need to practice a bit more sun. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. Well, he did apologise because, I mean, he was way offline. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he really was. It was yeah. it was a dangerous extravaganza. Well, actually, it woke me up on a Monday thing. morning, to be what, honest. It would. Well, I, I, nearly, I, I hit a guy once, actually. He was, it was his fault. He was way in front of me. We were playing in a foursome, and he, he should have waited till I played. But anyway, I sliced the ball and hit him. <gasps> and he fell like a sack of tatties. I thought <gasps> I killed him. Uh, but anyway, I went over to him. He was okay. He says, yeah, I did first aid. And what usually happens is if you have a shot like that, you're best just to stay down and then get up when you're ready. It was like, oh, my God, the, my heart was in my mouth, you know. And as I said to you before, you know, I looked at his clubs, so there was no way I was going to have them if he had to pop his socks because they weren't very oh. nice clubs either. Uh, but he was okay. He was okay. He was okay. <laughs> no, I mean, golf is, is one of these things. You don't think it's dangerous, but obviously it is very scary stuff. Well, I, you know, as you know, I was brought up by a golfer uh, and then my mum took up golf so she became uh, because you know it was the only way you could see my dad uh, married a golfer and bred a golfer um, so I'm kind of surrounded by the whole thing all the time which you know I, I, I still haven't got the bug I've tried you know right, but yeah, I still yeah. haven't got the bug I've got the bug I must admit because you're always playing against yourself in many ways you're just trying to beat yourself and you know one day your putting will go and then it'll come back and then you're, you're driving will go then that will come back and then the long irons will it never gels together where everything comes together. And if it does, then that is a beautiful day, but they're few and far between. But what I do understand is, okay, you play your golf, that's it. You finish your golf, you go off usually to the 19th hole, maybe not, you go home. As of today, you can go to the 19th hole. But um, And then what you do is you stand at the bar and you relive every single minute of the past three hours. You tell everybody, you know, oh, well, the 16th, I was coming up short and then never up, never in, and I, I, a nippy, never in, what, not in the bunker yet, and all these little expressions that people have. And that's the point where I just go, excuse me, do you have arsenic on draft? Because <laughs> it's so dull. It is so dull. And I think that puts a lot of people off golf. Yeah, and, and the extension of that is they're in the bar and then they start to swing imaginary clubs in the bar. You know, they, bar, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I should be pushing it out the way and maybe coming in uh, from this angle. It's like, oh, come on, grow up, let's leave this. Oh, let's move on. It's Dullsville, Arizona. But no, I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm steeped in the tradition of golf. I have no choice. Right, that's it. That's one podcast over. And you know what? There'll be another one next week. So don't just stand by and rest on your laurels and think we're not coming at you again because we are. It's as simple as that. <laughs> coming Tell you at off. you again? Coming Do you at have you to be again. so aggressive? I know, I should maybe calm down. It's the pills. It's the pills. Well, stop bloody taking them then. Back in the tenants, that's what I say to you. And I'll see you back here same time next week. Will do. Bye. Oh, Slurp-tastic. There was something else I was going to